right. We're back. We're back. We're going to get through this. No, yes, I definitely, I'm sorry that I sound like shit. Uh, in case you're wondering, that's not Kathleen Turner you're listening to. <laughs> it's Dr. Girlfriend. A.K.A. Olivia Hydar. Yeah, hi, that's me, and that is the sonorous voice of my co-host, Vanessa Gritton. I'm very we're, high. We're doing the introduce each other thing now. Yeah, this we're introducing is, each other. This is fun and new. I'm really high, and I forgot my own name, and I've self-medicated to deal with stress. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I uh, have been sick for a week. I think I'm still kind of sick, which is why my voice sounds like this. Yeah. Uh, and I, But I'm, I'm going to push through it. I'm going to persevere. I believe in us. Uh, I believe in us. We're going to do it because we got to talk about the other side of the mountain. What's on the other side of the mountain? Uh, Not pain. greener grass. No, no. Par- paralysis, I believe. is That's what it's referring to, right? <laughs> yep. I, uh, had, I watched Bride of Chucky again. Uh, oh, yeah. Good movie. Right after it. Because no, I was like, I want, I want the opposite of this. <laughs> that's a true love story. Uh, it, and the opposite of this is a true love story that doesn't at all take itself seriously. No, no, not at all. Uh, and that is Bride of Chucky. Bride of Chucky's a good movie. I, I like those I like those comedy Chucky movies. They're they, fun. They were great. And also, uh, wow, Jennifer Tilly. Uh, yeah, Jennifer Tilly rules. <laughs> good. Both in just, like, voice, but also in the early 90s. It was like, we, we had... A Jessica Rabbit-shaped human. Yeah. And and no one, no one lost their minds? No one just went into the street and ripped all their hair out because we have an actual Jessica Rabbit-shaped human? Uh, no. Uh, people people kind of uh, slept on Jennifer Tilly for a long time, I feel like. Um, it's a yeah. shame. It's a huge fucking shame. Oh, man. Remember that amazing uh, interview with Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon? Oh, on the anniversary of Bound? Yeah. Where they clearly want to bang each other? <laughs> Gina Gershon is like word-fucking Jennifer Tilly the entire interview. It's amazing. <laughs> I can't imagine. I feel like the interviewer is like, am I interrupting something? <laughs> do, you, do you two need a second? Because, uh... You, you can put a sock on the door and I'll come back. Yeah. Or just imagining Gina Gershon at gay bars doing push-ups and being like, uh... Yeah. Well, that's someone I would have let ruin my life for a long time. Absolutely. Uh... Highly recommend. What? Where? Where was that interview? Do you remember? Oh my this god! This is super professional. It's actually really important. I think it was uh, right here. We'll we'll try if we if you could find the link, send it to me. I'll put it in the show notes. It's it's gonna be in the show notes, and <laughs> this um, is important. Also, it's gonna be my most clicked on link for the next uh, uh, couple nights. It's pretty great. Uh, highly recommend. Also, highly recommend the movie Bound. I will never stop talking about Bound. It's like the Matrix with lesbian sex. Straight up, exactly that. It's, I mean, yeah, it's great. Uh, really, really fun. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I was trying to think, I was like, I should do a, I should do a weekly movie update, but like, I don't think I've seen anything of this. I've been so sick. I've mostly been sleeping the last week. So, like, I haven't really, uh, I haven't been watching much. No movies. Uh, but yeah, I could talk more about how much I didn't like Spider-Man. I'm sure people loved that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is an interesting one to watch because it was, I know this predated a lot of movies that fit this trend, but it felt like almost the perfect amalgamated version of Oscar bait. 
God, it really seems like it is like trying to be Oscar bait. I can't even think of Oscar ba- Oscar bait that might predate this. I mean, well, <clears throat> like such a perfect example of it, where <clears throat> clearly every step that it every step that it takes, every move that it makes. I'm not trying to make a sting <laughs> song. I'm really high. Uh, is a grab for some kind of Academy recognition. Yeah. Uh, well, the one that I mean. I think the easiest comparison point and something that I did want to bring up is, like, what the poster does is the the tagline on the poster is, in giant letters, over the picture, bigger than the title, is, not since love story. Yep. And, like, this movie is so trying to be a love story, just so fucking hard, and it's not... And honestly, and love, love story's st- not that good of a movie. Yeah, love story isn't really like it's not like you're aiming for the stars with love story, uh, but like it's never a good move to like to put if you liked this movie, you might like our thing. I mean, clearly it worked because it's on our list. I mean, it it was the number eight highest grossing movie of 1975, uh, which is wild. Uh, because today it would just be on the Lifetime channel. Yeah. This that's that was the vibe that I got this entire time is Lifetime channel original movie. And let that me that is what this is exactly. And let me add, this is based on a true story, and yes, the actual absolutely. person involved is very brave and very amazing. Totally. Yes. I. Uh, we should make that clear. I want to make that clear. The actual person that the story about Jill is, Kinmont. is a remarkable story. It's really awesome. Like, uh, reading about her life is really amazing. Reading about her life and seeing who she actually was is amazing. Yeah. This story that tried to yeah. capture what made her life amazing is not amazing. Well, that's the thing. It's so, like... It's so schmaltzy it, and so melodramatic at every possible moment. In a way that almost, I feel like, discredits the important oh, yeah, things absolutely, in her life. Absolutely. If, like, your only knowledge of this woman was from this movie, and, like, I'm not going to lie, like, basically my only knowledge of Jill Kinmont is from this movie. I've done a little bit of research on her, but, like, not much, and... Uh, yeah, this this movie just, it really, it takes your life and turns it into, like I said, a lifetime yeah. movie. Which, if you look at the director, what I was, uh, when I was looking up the director earlier, uh, it makes sense. Uh, because basically after this, he's made a couple other things that got released theatrically. But uh, almost everything he's made uh, from the 80s on was a TV movie. And... There you go. That's kind of his wheelhouse. Yeah. That's the vibe that he can he can handle. And just turning it into this romance, like really focusing on the capital R romance mm-hmm. of it all, I feel is a real handicap. Yeah. Because it, it acts like the most important thing in her life was her love and not like yes. her ability to retain her like, sense of personhood. Yeah. There's a really, I mean, you know, like we said, her her life is fascinating, and there is a really interesting story to tell there, and it's not necessarily uh, the focus of this film, which so, is a bummer. For those who don't know, what's, like, the quick cliff notes on Jill? 
So Jill Kinmont was a skier uh, in the 50s. She was uh, a teenager. She was a teenager when all this basically went mm-hmm. down. Uh, she started skiing in high school and was really up and coming in the professional skiing world. And uh, when she was 18, she participated in the Snow Cup in Utah. And uh, while doing, uh, I think it's called the Slalom. Slalom? Mm-hmm. I don't know how to. Slalom. That's a, that's a tough word. Uh, while doing the Slalom, she uh, flew off a cliff and. Uh, <laughs> broke can her you, back can you put it into more medical terms <laughs> I was, I, while i was speaking i was trying to think of <laughs> she went caterwauling off of a cliff and broke her back uh it's really just, shouldn't laugh but just the delivery of it felt so <laughs> goofy seeing she uh she had an accident where she uh took a re- repose off of a We're going cliff. straight to fucking hell. <laughs> uh, she broke her back. It, yeah. It's very sad. And she was paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, and doctors said that she definitely wouldn't be able to walk and she probably wouldn't be able to move her arms ever yeah. again. And uh, part of her, part of the triumph of her story is she, through intense rehabilitation, was able to regain some use of her arms. Uh, enough to where with with implements she could uh, write and and that sort of thing, um, and yeah, and that's basically it. It's like you know, it's kind of it's not like a the thing that really struck me while I was watching is like I couldn't really figure out, and this sounds so bad, but like why this had to be a movie, you know. Where I'm like, it's an interesting story, but... Make a doc out of it. Yeah, a documentary, or like, I don't know, it, it's just, how, why was this a major feat? Like, it, it wasn't necessarily a, it wasn't a completely unique accident. I've heard, I've, I've seen the story oh, told Oh, you want to know why? Why? The major reason is for the pre-credits based on a true story thing sure that gives it one more tip yeah to possible academy contention sure because we're hitting them on notes of love story yeah tragedy yes um echoing a previously highly lauded film that this one is based on a real thing right but it's not a big enough real thing that it has people comparing yeah. the story it's small enough yeah that they can completely go on creative license without having to worry about any of that it's shit. like what another thing that another movie that i kept coming to mind while i was watching this was uh the diving bell and the butterfly which mm-hmm. is a similar thing about a successful person who was paralyzed and had to and you know struggled to to find any sort of uh, way forward in their life. Uh, But in that case, uh, it was more of a... I mean, he was able to write just by blinking and that sort of thing. Like, it's like a... That's that's fucking crazy and incredible. Or the um, Andy Serkis directorial debut, Breathe. Oh, I did not... I have not seen that. Uh, It's about a man who uh, didn't want to live in the iron lungs, so they basically modified a, like, 
forms of like electric wheelchairs and forms of transport for him and he became one of like the foremost um speakers when it came to uh helping gain rights and autonomy for uh disabled people to be able to have things like ramps for wheelchairs and quality of life that wasn't just like, well, you're sick, so we're going to put you in this right. pocket to die. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I don't want to take away from, from Jill's story. No. I think it's, I think it is, uh, very inspiring and very, uh, she's a very awesome lady. And, uh, but yeah, uh, it just doesn't seem like there's that kind of a hook. And so they had to kind of build one, and so they f- they focused on this uh, on this uh, relationship, this love element, and it, you know it bookends the movie. It, you know the movie opens with her; uh, she's teaching at an Indian school in Bishop, Montana, I believe it is. Uh, uh, Indian school is the term from the time Native American. They would you know it was a, bun- a group of Native American kids. Yeah. Um, and she that was the only place that would that would hire her we find out yeah at the end of the movie but uh the kids are like she's like going on a walk in the well you know go look i'm sorry <laughs> you know <laughs> trying my best here uh, i'm too i'm too sick to to watch all of my language um <laughs> She's she's taking these kids on a nice leisurely stroll through. This is awful. This is sick. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm trying. Uh, They're going on a leisurely yeah, stroll. Yeah, and like the kids are like, <laughs> be like, oh, look at her. She'll no one will ever love her. Like you'll never get married. <laughs> kids. They're not. Suck. You know, they're they're kids. They they're not trying to be mean, but like it's pretty rough. Uh, and then I guess she decides it, it, she's not like telling them the story. I think it's just then she flashes back to her story of her uh, life and her loves and all of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, we should. I did want to say this movie. Uh, it was written by David Seltzer, who uh, would go on to write uh, the Omen. The, the omen in two years or the next year it's all for you <laughs> it really is it's all for him at that point from that point forward anybody that names their kid damien has a very specific child yeah that's that's the thing you know he kind of ch- he changed the changed the world forever uh but uh yeah he's uh you know he, he's he's written a bunch of that kind of stuff he's not really a prolific guy the the last thing that he wrote um, which I just find very fun, uh, was, uh, he wrote that, the 2002 Kevin Costner movie Dragonfly, which is about, uh, it's got Kevin Costner and he's, like, trying to communicate with his dead wife through, like, this kid who was a patient of her. It's a fucking weird movie really really bizarre i i think i saw it i remember going to see it when i was you know when i was like what i would have been like 16 years old or something uh and i don't remember anything about it except 
it ends with Kevin Costner. <laughs> so his wife, okay. So his wife died uh, while on this, uh, like, kind of like a Doctors Without Borders mission to the Amazon. And uh, it, the movie ends with Kevin Costner going down to where his wife died in the Amazon and, like, trying to find her dead body or maybe her because he does, he's not sure whether or not she's alive. And when he gets there, uh, he finds this, like, tribe of people who have been taking care of his kid uh, for, like, a year uh, because uh, she was pregnant and she gave birth, at it, like, in the village right before she died. And, yeah. Uh, weird, weird movie. And he wrote this movie. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre move. So, uh, yeah. Siskel described this movie as, I believe it was a, a desperate attempt in garnering sympathy. <laughs> yes. It's really, like, yeah, it, it is... This movie is the most melodramatic thing I've ever... With its own cheesy pop song composed by Olivia <sighs> Newton-John. Yes, indeed. I love you, Olivia Newton-John. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I don't love this movie. <laughs> no, unfortunately. You know, I think it's got some moments. I like, uh... I think Bo Bridges is given a really good performance. He's giving a good performance. He's an early case study in Daddy Eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very weird. He he does make you forget that he's hitting on a sixteen year old in those yep. early scenes, which is which is useful. Uh, it's um, as a child, it's probably how I imagine romantic movies to look to me. Sure, yeah, it does have that sheen, like that kind of gauzy. Uh, how could you? Yeah, soft focus lens. Uh. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, they flash back to uh, young, young Jill uh, with her with her ski friends. Uh, she's got her friend AJ, I believe is her name, right? Like kind of the tomboy yeah. girl who's like her best friend. And uh, I, the moment I knew that this movie was going to be over the top melodramatic was when AJ got diagnosed with polio <laughs> and uh, then was put into an iron lung and paralyzed herself, uh, which was like, this is like a lot to be yep. laying on. <laughs> this is laying it on very thick. But yeah, I, you know, I like the, I will say, I, I, th I thought the skiing scenes were pretty well done. The skiing scenes were shot really They're well. They're pretty fun. Like, you know, it's it's dynamic. It's dynamic. Skiing is a cool thing to watch. The skiing scenes were shot very well. Um, I wonder when, as a pub... You know what? I was about to answer that question, and then I realized the answer is never. Uh, I was wondering when, as a public, we sort of got wise to uh, pieces of media that just existed based on... Uh, small forms of emotional manipulation and then i realized green book just won oh yeah no an academy that, award that's so still the a, answer's never that's a that is a healthy uh subsection of the film industry uh forever yep has been uh, uh yeah you know there's like many different subgenres of it there's yeah. guys i just learned 
racism is really bad. Yeah, you know. And then there's um, here's a fat person that lived a life, and then they got thin. Uh, yeah, I love that. Or uh, here's a political drama, but about their wives. <laughs> Uh, or one that you brought to my attention, Queer Weepies. Oh, yeah, Queer Weepies. Not a fan, personally. Uh, a Queer a queer Weepy is... <laughs> as much as I've enjoyed a Queer Weepy or two... Uh, they can be good. They All can of be these good. can be good. All of these can be good. Um, a lot of them is just like, what if we just killed gays? Uh, yeah. Which, thank you, Pose, for being the opposite of a Queer Weepy. Totally. Um, but what if, what if bad things happen to queer people? Yeah, it's either what if bad things happen to queer people, or... It's, um, <clears throat> I think I'm gay. I know I'm gay. I told my parents I'm gay. I'm gay. <sighs> the movie's over. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, like, it's that's... It's always just about the coming out that's story. It's kind of like your, uh, or like the gay person's struggles teach the straight people about acceptance. Uh, and then there's, like, I shouldn't talk too much about it because I haven't seen it, but... It's what I imagine the Love Simon mold to be, uh, of just like, oh, this is a this is the struggles of a gay teenager. Opposite of a queer weepy, even though it's based on a coming out story and a subject that should be very weepy, but I'm a cheerleader. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, Why? Because it pokes fun. It's a comedy. At that shit. It's hard to be a weepy when you're a comedy. Exactly. But like, usually the the uh, a, a queer weepy is going to be made by straight people, usually, uh, and it's got you know like um, the Danish girl yeah. is a queer weepy. Yeah. Uh, like Transparent, the TV show is a queer weepy. Boys don't cry. Boys don't cry. Sure, yeah. Usually, there's a hate crime involved. Yep. So, for example, like the case of Brandon Tina, kind of like the case here with uh, Jill, it's something bad happened to someone, and they're dead, or they're. Usually, you see it more when someone's already died, uh, which is. We're going to tell their story, but right. we're going to really turn up the sads and kind of almost invalidate their experiences as actual organic people. Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> because the based on the true story thing, if you look up how many Academy Award winners are also based on a true story, yeah, it just clicks for some reason yeah. with Academy voters. <laughs> Academy voters are very predictable in general. As far as the kind of shit that they go for. Although I don't know, I don't think this was like super successful with the no. awards. It didn't really win anything. Um, it basically did the emotional version of what was. It did the emotional version of another Academy favorite when it goes to Overboard and Tropic Thunder recognized it, which was Mentally Handicapped Person. Oh, absolutely. That's like, another... Yeah. Tropic absolutely. Thunder called your asses out on that. Totally. It's been tough for... I I, I really think that movie kind of uh, decimated that genre of uh, feel-good movie because it has not... I've not... I, when's the last time that you've seen a... An actor, like an I am Sam type. Yeah, when, yeah. When is the last I am Sam? I think it would be the Fred I Durst directed the fanatic. Oh my god! I keep forgetting that movie exists. I haven't seen it since. Oh, I have not. So the fanatic is the first time I've seen someone try this. Yeah, since like he's really Tropic Thunder. But like, 
And that's a thing where, like, that character is supposed to be autistic, yep. correct? Yeah. It, but does he make him into, like, fully a mentally challenged person? I have not seen the fanatic. I probably... I'm not, like... He shouldn't be living on his own. Yeah. It, 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 Did it, you it, see it? Yes. Oh, uh, a character... Uh, shouldn't watch Olivia, I have to. I no, comment on pop culture for a living. Have, but no one gives a shit about the Fred Durst movie. Do you know what I've done with my career? <laughs> Just say it. I have to watch the Fred Durst movie. No. You could at least wait till you could torrent it. Maybe that's what I did. Okay, good. Wait, is it really? Is it available for torrent? Okay, well maybe you, maybe you could give me a copy. <laughs> I'll watch it if it's if I'm not giving money to the assholes who made it. That's yeah. my that's my general thing when it comes to bad stuff. I watched it and like the way he portrayed that character's mental abilities and cognizance. That's not someone that you would let live alone. Right, he would be in assisted living of some He'd sort. He'd be in some sort of assisted living. Have yet a guardian. Somehow he'd like. They couldn't decide on the rules of what his physical and mental handicaps were because they kept going back and forth with that. Uh, <laughs> and also, like, the speed of his movements. Uh, where it's, like, the way he moves and then the speed at which he, like, restrains a character, it. It's fascinating to me what things he can figure out and what things he can't. Uh, and I sound like an ass until you watch that movie and then you're just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Because uh, then it's also like he does the strong oaf thing. Oh, of course. I figured that would be the case because he's also like huge. He's John Travolta. And so he's like gigantic because yeah. John Travolta is like a six foot three like slab of fat right now he's just a, a fucking pile of fat at the moment this is speaking as someone who is also a pile of fat but is like five foot seven or eight or something so yeah john travolta man not what? he's been having a weird run because he'll He's, do, like, amazing things, and then he'll do not amazing things, so, <laughs> and then it'll go back and forth forever. What if... So they're talking about remaking Face Off. Yeah. Uh, do you think that maybe that has already happened, and Nick Cage has been wearing John Travolta's skin, like a suit? Oh, they just never switched And back. that's why he looks like <laughs> that? <laughs> and does all of these insane Nicolas Cage roles that he's been doing. Because <laughs> he was in Gotti, and he's in this movie. These are, like, Nicolas Cage roles. I think I think the Church of Scientology <sighs> caught him, like, picking his nose or something. Who knows, Just man. doing so, or And then, like, eating the booger, yeah. or just something that's just, like, God. fucking reputation-destroying. Like... <laughs> Maybe they caught him, like, signing up for one of those CD-a-month services. Yeah. Or he has an AOL email. Something... I mean, I know it's been... I guess it's been, like, 20 years since he was a good actor. But, like, uh, he used to be a really good actor. In, in general. There's some, like, there's some more recent things where I'm like, okay. Uh, really? Yeah, well... I haven't been... I don't know the last time I've seen John Travolta. spray. Yeah, I mean, he's fine in Hairspray. Have you watched it recently? I Not rec- Not since it came out. 
Uh, gave it a recent watch because I was going through all of the John Waters. Right. And that wasn't, but that one wasn't directed by him. No, but that was. It was still uh, <coughs> about something he wrote. Right. So, and I counted it because he was also in it. That's fair. <clears throat> um, but he brings an interesting. As Mrs. Turnblad, he almost reminds me of Louis Anderson as Mrs. Baskets. And mm. the it's a very specific mom. Yeah. Uh, and and there's an empathy to the character that I thought was a very sweet touch done by Travolta. And so that's one of the ones where I'm like, you know what? I like the Mrs. Turnblad role. And then... What was that other oh, movie that he was in? Oh, my God. Like, I'm just looking through his filmography for, like, the last ten years. Basically since Hairspray. Uh... He was in Wild Hogs and Old Dogs. He was in The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, which was not very good. Uh, but Wild the, the original, Hogs. original is a good movie. Uh, he was in that shitty uh, Europa Corps movie from Paris with Love. Uh, and then, yeah, and then he's not... Then he's just been in a bunch of fucking awful bullshit like fucking um it's like something that bruce willis would make when he it needs money like i am wrath and speed kills and trading paint and in a valley of violence and criminal activities and life on the line like these are like not movies. <laughs> These are uh, paychecks in movie form. Uh, but John Travolta is not in the other side of the mountain. Uh, but that was that was a fun little tent. Yeah, tangent. who is in the other side of the mountain? Uh, Bo Bridges is in the other side of the mountain. Can't tell you who else. Uh, no, it's a bunch of bunch of seventies people. I I did the I did a little digging into the IMDb's of all these people. And none of them have really been in a lot of stuff that any any normal person who isn't obsessed with uh, weird minutia would uh, have seen. I mean, you know, I guess it's just being honest here. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, well, uh, the guy who plays Dave, her coach, uh, was Dabney Coleman, who's been in a bunch of stuff. Dabney Coleman's like a good character actor. Uh, but yeah, so, so she's skiing, she meets, uh, uh, Bo Bridges, uh, who plays, uh, Dick Buick. That's, so, and he's like a, he's like a hotshot, he's like a hotshot skier. Dick Buick. <laughs> he's kind of like, uh. Penis Camry. Huh? I said penis Camry. Oh, yeah, because it's a car and, a, and another term for a penis. Yep. Dong Chrysler. That's good. Yeah, Dong Chrysler. That's it. It's not spelled like the car. It's B-U-E-K. Uh, but he's like, he reminds me of... Wiener BMW. Huh? I'm sorry, I just had one more. Well, when you say it that low and soft, I can't hear you. So, Wiener BMW, that was my last one. Okay, okay, good. That's As long as I can hear it, then I'm fine. <laughs> I just... Anyway, I was going to say he reminds me of that fucking uh, yeah. Andy Daly character, uh, Hot Dog. 
He does remind me of hot dog. <laughs> hot dog. Like, he's not like that, you know, but, like, he's like a hot dog skier. Like, that's kind of what he is. In the body is. of Treat Williams. He does. He's got a very Treat Williams. He Treat Williams and Bo Bridges could play brothers, and I would watch it. Thick eyebrows, meat faces. Yeah. I wonder, maybe Treat Williams is like a long-lost Bridges brother. I wonder. Yeah. Like, uh... Oh, man. And then if the two of them go for a... Nope, I was going to make a Bridges of Madison County pun, but I, uh, jumped, yeah, off the, yeah, yeah. I jumped off that boat. What about... We could also talk about Nash Bridges. <clears throat> oh, is that the one with the kid that drowns? What? I have no idea. I've never seen Nash Bridges. I've only... I, I've, I only know that my grandma watched it. With a little boy? Yeah, there's a little boy. Yeah, he drowns. What? He that doesn't make drowns. any sense. It's a, in every episode. It's a TV oh, show. We're thinking of a different movie. Are you thinking of the bridge to Terabithia? No, that kid dies. <laughs> the girl dies. The boy doesn't die. This is a movie. It's maybe something Bridges or something Nash. I have no idea. It's a little boy. What he kind of looks like Jonathan Lipnicki. Someone's gonna remember this movie. It's it's fucking Oscar bait. He looks like Jonathan Lipnicki. And everyone bullies him the whole movie. It's basically like, oh, you're fucking small and weird looking. Uh, and this is one of those movies where we like bully a kid. And then uh, he actually. talking about Simon Birch? Where he killed his teacher with a baseball? I don't think he so. He accidentally kills a teacher with a baseball. And then when the school bus and everybody's like, wow, he's yeah. a freak. And everyone already loves him. And he accidentally kills a teacher that he loves his. With with a baseball, I don't remember that part and then of everyone's Simon like, Birch. Wow, it's not you Jonathan Lipnicki though. I know, but he looks like him. He and does. Then their school bus goes over a bridge into a pond. Yeah, yeah, that's Simon Birch. And he tries to save everyone, but he drowns. Yeah, because he's little. Yes, and he dies. Right. Yeah, Simon Birch. I'm gonna. That has nothing to do with. <laughs> I was talking about a movie that's just sad for the sake of being sad. And then, I think you thought it was Nash Bridges, I which did. had Don Johnson, and he played a cop called Nash Bridges, and he would, like, arrest people every week. I don't fucking know. Maybe it's because of the weird way my mom says bridge that it kind of sounds like birch. Maybe. All right, it was Ashley Dutt, Judd, uh, Jim Carrey, real Ashley Oliver Dutt, Platt. That bit. David Strathern. Yeah, David Strathern. It was, uh... Simon Birch. It, was I right? Yep. It omitted half of the novel and then altered the ending. I want to see if I'm not... Like, I feel like... The, that is like a... Okay, so he was born with dwarfism, so that's yeah, why he's small. Yes, yeah, that's the whole point of the movie. Yeah, so I feel like he definitely... Yes, here it is! One day, while playing baseball... Uh, it was, it was, so who's Rebecca? Was Rebecca his mom? Okay. So Rebecca was Joe's mom, Simon's friend. Okay. Yeah. So Rebecca was Joe's mom, Simon's best friend. He wasn't, she wasn't a teacher. He was playing baseball and he hits the perfect pitch and it's a foul ball that hits Rebecca in the head and kills her. Jesus, I don't remember that scene in Simon Birch. And Simon and Joe have an argument. Uh, yeah, uh, hey, you killed my mom. He accidentally killed his <laughs> best friend's mom. 
I don't remember. I barely remember Simon Birch. Oh my god! Why are we talking about this? <laughs> because I thought it was Nash Bridges. <laughs> You know this is going to be the one that we take the audio out of and just do this as a soundbite for promo. <laughs> sure, if you want, man. You I want do... someone to animate. I don't what want. Movie no, I'm I don't want my of. sick voice to be a promo. Jesus. No. So Simon Birch isn't Nash Bridges. No, I feel like Simon Birch and guess... Nash Bridges have nothing to do with each other. I don't think they even share actors. Okay, but Simon Birch has more to do with other side of the mountain than it Nash actually, Bridges does. It actually does. That is true. I was just. I'm technically the on-topic one here. No, that's that's fair. No, you're right. You're right, Vanessa. You're right. You're right. I don't want to. I don't want to fight. Let's not argue. Because the lady dies in this one too. Yeah, it's true. No, absolutely. Wait. No, she doesn't die. No, no, no ladies <laughs> die in this one. Uh, no ladies died in the making of this film. Uh, Simon Birch, though is kind of a similar deal where except it's based on the novel so it's yeah. like you know that's where the, the the melodrama comes from uh it's not like constructed out of a person's life but uh yeah i do remember seeing simon birch in theaters though like i remember the scene i remember him like drowning i remember i remember him dying in the whole school bus thing but i don't remember him killing a lady with in the middle of the movie, the fucking they won't let this kid catch a fucking break. Yeah, that movie is just a series of terrible things that happen to this short kid. It really is. Killed rough. his best like yeah. okay, there's killing your mom and that's horrible. Yeah. But something about killing your best friend mom, it feels like dropping someone's baby. Yeah, like, you oh can't my god. Look at them Jesus. in the face the same ever again. Yeah, no, I if I drop someone's baby, I would move. <laughs> and never speak to anyone that I They're knew like, again. Why did Vanessa quit her job? She dropped a baby. Yeah, not hers. I think it was um, that one comedian that likes to tell the stories. Uh, <laughs> wow, Mark. that was specific. Perbiglia. Mike Berbiglia. Mike Berbiglia? Sure. <laughs> the comedian that likes to tell the stories. Uh, Absolutely. He had, a, he had a bit about how if you drop someone's baby, you get no more Christmas presents. Yeah, no, yes, absolutely. <laughs> no one will ever want to come to your birthday again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, so Bo Bridges is a hot dog uh, skier. That's where we're at in the first 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, you know, there's there's not like a lot to go through when it goes to like the specifics of this thing. Like, like it's, it's pretty, All right, I'm for an executive. as heavy as the subject matter is, it's pretty lightweight. I'm an executive, and I have lots of money. Okay. You're pitching the movie to me. It's based on the life of Jill Kinmont, this famous skier who is paralyzed. Uh-huh. And there's a book. What happens through the whole movie? Walk me through it. No. This is your elevator pitch. I don't like this bit. <laughs> this is too much I'm going to give you all of my money. No, my God. Uh, so, yeah, so he's, so Bo Bridges, like, they meet on the, on the ski track, and, uh, this is just your excuse to make me talk about the movie. I know what's happening I want to play a character with you. No, you're not, though. You're just sitting there. Uh, and is there an instant connection? They, they like, they, they joke around and, and, like, have this fun little moment. I think Bo Bridges is probably the best thing in the movie. I, he's very charismatic. He's and the really only engaging. memorable actor. He's very memorable. I mean, I think 
Oh, boy. I just am about to say that she's memorable, and then I totally forget her name. Marilyn Hassett, who plays Jill. That's not a memorable name. No. Well, and, you know, she didn't really do a bunch, honestly, as far as acting goes. She kind of uh, just stuck to low-key dramas and stuff. And, yeah, didn't really have, like, a huge career, necessarily. Um but she's very fun and engaging as Jill. Um, but I think Bo Bridges is the one who, like, he, like, has life. And, like, when he comes back into the movie later on while she's paralyzed, that's, like, the moment when the movie kind of feels the most alive. It feels the most alive. It feels the most, like trying to follow like an organic human moment that yes, isn't like shot yeah. like a gauzy uh. and it's like yeah but like so they kind of like have a courtship he like flirts with her heavy while she's still in high school which is fucking creepy and i have a hard time you know the movie is never it's very weirdly vague about dates and so like watching the movie the only thing i knew is she was 18 when she was paralyzed and they can only ski in the winter so i know whenever they're skiing time has to have passed yeah. because it has to be in the winter and so and it's very expensive and to they, make snow but they never say like this year like they never say 1954 1953 or anything they, time has passed they ju- it's just like cut to the next scene and who knows how much time has passed and then cut to the next scene and then more time has passed because of that it makes it feel like it goes on forever yes because uh, you don't really know how far you're jumping over you don't really know how far you're going to jump you don't yeah. really have a beginning or end and set i mean and i i don't know about you but like when i was watching it you know i i'd looked on the wikipedia page about like her accident and stuff and so anytime they were skiing i was like is this I, since there's no date or anything, and they never say really where they are necessarily, like, um, every time they're skiing, there's always this tinder. I'm like, is this, is it going to happen, is this it, is it going to happen now, is this it, <laughs> and like, and, uh, yeah. How we, long do we see her with legs? Right, exactly. Uh, and he, and, you know, they have, like, a little flirting ship, but, like, uh, he goes away, he, he's a pilot, they set that up early, um, and then she gets into a relationship with another guy on her skiing team mm-hmm. who's just kind of like a dork. He's like a real fucking wet blanket, honestly. I don't like this guy. His name's like Bill or something. Bill, Paul, something very like, yeah, we just like a to really, give our son a man's name. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's not a very, I think it actually might be Buddy. Or no, it's Bill. It's Bill. Uh, no it's buddy it is buddy it's buddy his name is buddy that's your boyfriend's name imagine having to talk to your boyfriend and call him buddy (laughs) no offense to any buddies who are listening i guess any buddies or chips i'm gonna make fun of you at some point i'm sorry chip is uh that's a tough one it I never know what a chip should be. Chips are wild cards. Yeah. Well, again, I, when it comes to chips, I think of another Andy Daly character uh, who's, uh, oh, fuck, what was his last name? I can't remember, but he's the, the Satanist game show host. Chip. Chip. I can't remember his last name. Anyway. 
Wow, we're really all What's over the chip place. What's chip short for? Chip chipathy. <laughs> uh, chipathy. So, so she flies off a cliff and <laughs> breaks her back. Yep. Uh, and is I think this is a very good scene. I, I I like the scene where her back where the accident happens because you kind it really gives you the sense. Uh, first of all, they're in the 50s, and so they don't have things like airlifts to the hospital yeah. or anything. They can't, they can't, you know, they're on a fucking mountain. They can't, they don't have any, like, snowmobiles or anything to go up and down the mountain fast. And so they have to, like, like, like three guys have to bring a stretcher to her and then strap her to the stretcher and then slowly, like inch their way down the mountain while her fucking back is broken. Yeah. Which is insane. And, like, no wonder she ended up being as injured. I mean, like, if it had been any worse, she probably would have died just in the transport. Yeah. Because, like, they have to, like, slowly walk her down to where the cars are parked, and then they put her in a just a car... And drive her to the hospital. Where her spinal cord could potentially snap. Yeah, it's real, and like, and then they had to like, they were like in traffic on the mountain too and stuff. Like, it's really, it's very harrowing, and it gives you a real, it's like the only time where you get a real sense of like. The gravity of her injury. The gravity and like the time period and like how that impacts her treatment Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's interesting like i I, that was that was really interesting to see that was interesting and like a lot of the moments of like her prognosis and her rehabilitation and that's her generally good it's generally good like her uh, her fight to try and get her sense of autonomy again is really good and then they put this love story back into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like she, like her boyfriend is like, when you're up and walking, I'll come back and and we'll we'll walk home together or something. And he just fucks off while she's rehabilitating. Very bad movie boyfriend. Yeah, and like, oh yeah, there's that there's that t- scene where she's in she's in traction, which is, in, especially in the fifties, seems terrifying yeah where she's basically got this fucking screw in her head that's attached to a thing that keeps her whole body immobile and they have to like flip her around using like a crank and like uh so that she doesn't get sores on one part of her body and when she's on her her parents meet her when she's on her belly and like they like go under the table. It's very sweet. It's all very melodramatic and sweet. Yeah. Uh, but Dick comes to the hospital. Dick and this Buick. Is, and this is, I think, again, like this is where like the movie kind of really comes alive because he's like he come he like comes blowing in all full of energy and like is just treating her like a normal person, which is like the first time that since the accident that someone has done that because she's been mostly just like been fragile creature to where it's like we want to keep you alive but also we're talking to you like such a thing that's been broken right that's all you feel exactly and like 
and I, you know, I think they do a pretty good job of showing how that sort of treatment can uh, have an effect on someone and and transfer that kind of feeling to them where they're like, I'm fragile, you can't do anything, I can't do anything, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And he just comes in and is like, nope, we're getting out of here. And so he like very roughly kind of kind of whips the covers off of her in bed and like picks her up and puts her in a wheelchair and like there's a fun little exchange about her catheter which is like attached to this giant glass bottle because again it's the 50s so they don't have like a very nice inline plastic bag strapped to her leg or anything it's like a giant glass fucking bottle this is my pee pee bottle of pee and uh yeah and then he like he like careens her out of the hospital and then parks her in the middle of a intersection and people are like trying to get past and honking at her and some guy's like yelling and uh they and then he has this like they have this very nice conversation where he in the middle of the street where he's like we're gonna we're gonna get you out we're gonna everything's gonna be fine like it's it's nice like it's it's very n- nice to see him treat her like a human being. Yeah. He he definitely has, like, a manic pixie dream boy energy. Absolutely. Uh, he He's very much, like, the early male archetype of, do you want to listen to the Smiths in my headphones and my outlook on life will make all of yours better? Yeah, he's definitely, like, he does seem kind of mystical and how he just comes in and is just deciding to whenever he's on screen with her at from this point forward it's always he's just trying to be the best caretaker to her as possible and like to an almost supernatural extent like forgoing any of his own personal needs to make her happy which is you know it's nice but it also it does seem idealized to the extreme where yeah it's 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 unclear how realistic that is um but she's feeling sorry oh and that's where her her friend aj comes back yes because the doomed uh, aj yeah the doomed aj who is paralyzed by polio and is now hobbling around on crutches and uh she uh kind of gives she gives her a lot of guff she gives jill a lot of guff and is like you can't feel sorry for yourself you gotta put in the work and all this stuff and you're never gonna skate again you're never gonna ski again and that's you just gotta get used to that and tough love yeah um it's very it's very uh again boomer generation in that your legs are literally broken? Stand! <laughs> Stand. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's a there's a little montage of her rehab, mm-hmm. and she works really hard at it, and then uh, that's when Buddy comes to visit, uh, it, because she's, like, done with her rehab, basically, or, like, made a bunch of progress, and he's coming in expecting her to, like, be able to walk and shit, and when she shows him that she is able to lift her arm up to her and take a cracker and put it in her mouth. Which is huge for her. Which is, like, it's it's this really uh, great... It is a pretty great scene where, like, 
uh, yeah, this is like this giant achievement for her that she's worked so hard at. And then he's just like, oh, I thought you were going to walk. This is disappointing. And then he's like, you know, this is great. This, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for you. In this basic tone of voice, I'm just so happy for you. And then he, then he leaves, and then she's just like, and he never came back. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. He seems like that kind of guy. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then, and then she goes home to her mom's house, and that's when, that's when like the real love affair with Dick Buick. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Can't get it out Dick. <laughs> she really is a fan of that Dick Buick. The Dick. Uh, although, as she says, they do have a very frank, especially for a movie from the seventies, a very frank discussion where she's like, "I can't have sex with you. I yeah. can't feel anything down below my neck. So uh, I can't like, if you want to marry, like, because he like asks her to marry him." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "This doesn't make any sense. You can't. I can't do anything. Like you're gonna get, you're gonna get bored. You're gonna want to go off and be with another woman because I can't give you everything that you might need." And he's like, "Ah, sex is overrated." He's very progressive in that yeah. way. He's like, ah, "No, sex. I don't need sex." He's kind of. He does strike me as asexual. Yeah, he gets off on his plane. That's his. That's how he. That's how he gets off. Yeah. Anytime by, he pulls down to that throttle and it's just like I'm gonna nut. Yep. Basically, he nuts in the sky. Uh, yeah, and they have a they have a nice little uh, courtship. While and her parents don't like him. You know, blah blah blah. Uh, there's a scene where they're like in the pool and he leaves her on this inner tube and then she like slips through the middle and almost drowns because he wasn't paying attention uh which seems to be an indicator that like it's he feels like he might just be doing this for his own ego Mm. like i don't know it's tough to get a read on him yeah i really can't tell what he's supposed to be coded as yeah uh but but they really seem to be in love or at least she you know you know it seems to be nice and then uh And then his plane crashes and he dies. And that's basically the end of the movie. (laughs) I mean, she goes, she gets a job at the, at the, as they call it, the Indian school in Bishop, Montana. And, uh, that's it. Like, yeah, it's pretty lightweight as far as things go. Yep. There's no, uh, killing teachers with baseballs. No, it's no Simon Birch. That's for sure. Uh... But yeah, I always feel like one of these makes it to the top ten anyway, because there's always one that everyone's like, it's what The Simpsons would call, like, a movie for Mom and Lisa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And But that's the thing, is like, those kinds of movies have kind of been relegated to, like, TV movies. Yeah. So it's interesting to see one that made so much that you're Yeah, it really it, it ended up being, like, a, a, a genuine hit, which isn't surprising. Uh, but yeah, very fun. I feel like there's a there's a small weight lifted off my shoulders, <sighs> knowing that I'm over the hump of these three. Yeah, this is like it's interesting. Like, I think Tommy's the outlier, and that that's a thing that people generally still refer to. Yeah, people know Tommy still. Like, yeah. it, especially among a certain type of fucking classic rock nerds yeah but like yeah like apple dumpling gang and uh other side of the mountain are both pretty forgotten 
movies that I, you know, I had never heard of The Other Side of the Mountain, and uh, I had only vaguely heard of The Apple Dumpling Gang. This is why if you're talking about some trend or something that you think is ruining humanity, my genuine answer is usually shut the fuck up. Yeah. Because these movies made it to the top ten of this year, and y'all don't know dick about them. No, totally. Uh, they're, they're, some things die with time. Yeah. they And, you know, it, it, I think it's fine. I think that's totally fine. Yeah, some, just let some things die with time. Exactly. I am excited <laughs> that this next movie is one that I have seen before this. Like, it's one that... It's it's not like what I call like a homework movie, like where it's like, oh, okay, I got to read Charles Dickens' school, and in this case, watch The Other Side of the Mountain for a podcast. Yeah. I legitimately enjoy it, and it's going to be the first one of our phase two that I'm pumped about. Uh, oh, yeah, totally. Uh, this is one, uh, yeah, it, this is like a, a famous movie that people people love. Funny Girl! Yeah, we're talking about Funny Girl. With my girl Babs! Uh, I love Babs! Classic Barbara Streisand <sighs> movie. So, if this podcast hasn't eliminated you to this part of my life, which why would it? We hadn't had a reason to, yeah, uh, yet. Um, I love Barbara Streisand so much. Uh, probably not that for some reason uh, th- it makes sense with me. Uh, I I would die for that woman. Uh, sure. She's my world do you know that she has a she built a mall in her house of fucking course she did because she's barbara fucking streisand it's like this underground mall that she goes down to and people work there quote unquote and it's got a bunch of stuff and she goes down there because she's too famous to like go shopping but she loves the experience of shopping and so she'll go and like she makes sure that the that the stores, quote unquote, uh, don't always have what she wants <laughs> because she wants the experience of going like, do you have this shirt in like a size five? And they'll be like, no, unfortunately, we're out of stock right now. <laughs> like she wants that. <laughs> Uh, I love this loon. <laughs> it's just interesting to to be that rich and that famous. That's what a what a life. As an adult, why can't I be adopted by Barbara Streisand? Maybe you can. She might be into that. Barbara Streisand for a mere yeah. two thousand dollars a month. I will <laughs> be at your side as your adopted brown baby. I like that you just had an amount ready. <laughs> That's, I can live off a of two thou, Barb. Oh, absolutely, Barb. Absolutely, Barbie, Barbie, Barbara. Yeah, and, and to our listeners, if you know Barbara Streisand, let her know. Maybe send her the episode. You know, like see what see what she thinks about giving me two thousand dollars a month. Where does she live, Barbara? Where do you live? No, I don't mean like, but like does she, does she live in L.A.? Maybe. I have no idea. Somewhere warm. I thought you would know. I, it's weird. If I love a celebrity a lot, I try and look as little into their personal life as I can. Yeah, same, Because then I'll like them less. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I'm I'm pumped for Funny Girl. Yeah, it's going to be great. And if you watched Other Side of the Mountain, how cool. Yeah. It's you don't only, have to watch this. Unfortunately, it's only available for uh, for money 
you, oh, it's not really bummer. it's not really streaming free anywhere. I I can't believe Netflix hasn't snatched it up. Classic nonsense love story, other side of the mountain. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's a boring one. Maybe it'll be on TV at some point. It's where it belongs. That's where other side of the mountain belongs. Uh, but yeah, and maybe read up about uh, the, the life of Jill Kinmont. She's an interesting lady. Yeah, read that. Read about her life instead. Yeah, instead don't, of watching this movie. Exactly. Uh, we would like to thank Jorge Riverall for our beautiful album art. Yes, and uh, Luke Fentress for our, for a beautiful th- theme song. You can find us on Phenom on all forms of social media. Tell us what movies you've seen so far and what you thought of them. Yes. Uh, let us know if you have any interesting shout-outs or suggestions you want us to cover for a little bit on any future episodes. Sure. Uh, tell us everything. Uh, Please, and yeah, rate, review, subscribe, all that nonsense. Yeah, tell me all your thoughts on God. No, please don't. Because I'm on my no. way to see her. No, and don't tell me all your thoughts on God. Whatever you do. Anything else, honestly. You can tell me all of your thoughts on God on at Ness Gritton, all platforms. Yeah, tell Vanessa all your thoughts on God. And on Thursdays, catch me on El Ray Nation on the El Ray Network. Hell yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hi There, Hi Dar. I've been really not tweeting very much lately. Olivia's a really good tweeter. You should follow her, though. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll mostly just be playing the hits. I think I'm just going to go back and retweet all my good... I might be out of tweets. I think that's what happened. Just, I think I'm I think I'm think just out of tweets. That's fair. I've been out of tweets for out two of, years. Yeah, I'm out of good ones, so I'm just going to retweet my uh, my old good tweets. Good job. <laughs> Maybe I'll retweet that uh, Cruel Angels thesis marching band I was again. about to ask for it. <laughs> and uh, send me all of your Cruel Angel theses. Yeah, yeah. Any any random parody of Cruel Angel's thesis that you've got, send it to us. Alright, we'll see you on the other side of that yes, mountain. Yes, I promise I will not be sick next time. We love you. Bye. Bye.